Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. We're a podcast devoted to founders, entrepreneurs, startups, and the venture capitalists and uh, financial firms that serve them. Um, we are um, a companion podcast to The Angel. We are all, uh, in all cases, heard on all platforms, pretty much anywhere you can find, um, and then on video with YouTube and Spotify. We've just started a new newsletter, so go to conniff, C-O-N-N-I-F-F dot substack dot com, and you can sign up and get uh, every single podcast. And today's going to be a good one. We're joined by Sean Brannigan. He's the director of the Digital Media Entrepreneurship Program at the SI Newhouse School of Communications at Syracuse University. Boy, that is really a mouthful. Did I get that? That is right? too much, right? That is did such I, an academic title, if ever I there was one. Part of that, or did I get through? <laughs> oh, no, you're. But I love that it's uh, Cy Newhouse's name still lives on. So those who know know it's Cy. Yeah, Cy. Si Newhouse, si Newhouse um, um, was, of course, um, Advanced Publications and also Condé Nast, right? So. Would have Correct. been um, uh, Vanity Fair and um, a bunch of actually really good magazines, The New Yorker, um, and and many others. And and uh, you know what? When did he die? Did he die? He died not long ago, right? Ooh, you're asking me, and I should probably know, but uh, but I don't yeah. remember the year. You should know. You wouldn't um, have a job without him. So yeah, that's right. I should make sure I know that. Yeah. So so Donald. Sean Sean is also a very accomplished um, entrepreneur. And I actually, well, like all of us, and I, yeah. I actually wanted to ask you, start out by asking you um, to talk about yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, when did that, um, what was your experience and how did you enter into, because enter into that, because it's, it reminds me a lot of my career because we're, we're pretty contemporaneous. So tell us about what got you excited and what got you started. Uh, well, since uh, since you're in the journalism side, I started as uh, studying for journalism, actually back at Newhouse uh, in the uh, in the wake of Watergate. You know, uh, that was what I was bobbing in. And actually, when on campus, I worked at the Daily Orange. Uh, so I wanted to be a journalist, absolutely threw in. And they shunted me over into production manager, which is basically the list of all things that newspapers don't have to do that has been taken over by computers. That was my job. So nearly everything that I did, including bringing the galleys out and back to the office, et cetera, et cetera, is all handled by the Internet and technology and digital. Um, what I got, how I got into starting stuff was I probably deep down couldn't admit it to myself, but uh, I kind of, I, I can now is I wasn't even the best in the room. So how the hell am I going to make it as a journalist out in the industry? Uh, it's math. Uh, so I instead took the skills that I had in production and went, started a, a typesetting business. Big okay. mistake of that was it was the sunset of the typesetting industry. Well, you have to. And this it, is amazing, really. You have to. You know, not everybody knows what you're talking about. So, so explain what the typesetting business is. Well, at this time, this was the new advance of typesetting. It was photo typesetting. So it was a, a spinning wheel of type of typefaces. I hate when people use font. Incorrect. Font is a typeface at a weight in a style. In a, uh, there's one other thing, there's four things to make a font, but we use that term generally. But all that was 
specialized and done by this machine about the size of a, a typical office desk uh, and a spinning light shooting through uh, at the precise moment. And it would put the typeface and Kern and do all those kinds of things to make beautiful typographic materials that would then go to press. Hmm. Uh, and all that's gone. It's all so that the was, very same that time was, was being right done out, by right out of uh, right out of college. You were obsolete. I had I been paying attention, which is probably <laughs> part of the reason I'm back. Is to I wish someone had tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Have you seen this Macintosh? It's sort of yeah. doing this." And yeah, yeah well, they don't yeah. know how to do it like we do, and all those things that you know uh, that we say when we see technology. So I got into typesetting, and then that failed. Took four years for me to give up on it, which was ridiculous. I mm. it was pretty evident after two years, um, and then I got hooked on this entrepreneuring thing. I really well, liked the idea. I just because you know how often do I get to ask about typesetting? But what about um, why? <laughs> Thank did, you. <laughs> why didn't you embrace, uh, or did you see coming um, what what was known as desktop publishing, which is basically marrying the um, Macintosh to a uh, to a laser printer was that too far away at at that point? No, we saw it actually. We were doing a thing called image setting, which was hmm. putting together all of the all of the high end graphics uh, that would would go into um, you know a, a full markup and be pasted down. Remember those days? And pasted was a temporary thing I to a lockup board and all those. Yeah. I love the te I love the old technologies. Uh, I think that's what sort of sucker punched me into doing this. Uh, and it was familiar. You know, we begin where we are and not. Yeah. Uh, so my lesson was in the second one, I started an Internet company. So you can see where that was. Uh, I like to tell. What kind of company? Well, we were doing what would be called interactive marketing today. But those names weren't there. We did search engine optimization before Google even exists. We were doing it on the six to 10 major search engines that nobody's ever heard of. Wait a minute, the market. I mean, was it, there was a search engine before Google? How is that possible? Nobody told me. I know, me. right? Well, no, was, no they were last of, yeah, they were late to the market. Uh, yeah. They, uh, in 1998, I think they came into the market. I remember our search guy came in, Brad, uh, and he said, what do you think of this Google thing? And I said, I, I don't think so. You know, because InfoSearch yeah. and InfoSeek and AltaVista and even Dogpile had had a uh, Dogpile, what a great name, right? Yeah, uh, had a uh, had a position in that in that space, and it just you know again it was we didn't know what we didn't know, and what I did learn was this process of then taking action anyway, and uh, we did okay. So the yeah. the internet run. Turned out fine. We sold the company in December of 1999. Ooh. So, okay. Yeah. Explain to right. the, uh, yeah. the children for out cash. there. For explain cash. to the children why um, why that date is significant <laughs> because not everybody was alive then, believe it or not. I know. I'm. Uh, I've got children who cannot remember these big moments where we were biting our nails, saying, mm -hmm. "You know, our plane's going to fly fall out of the sky." It was Y2K. And my contention was to my business partner who did not want to sell is that I've seen too many things that are going to erode our. Well, wait a minute. Didn't, our, you, didn't you get hit by the um, or, or just miss um, 
the 1999 NASDAQ explosion? Well, all that was happening around us, but uh, where Ooh. when the Internet bomb really happened, I think official date or the start date would be Genuity in March of 2000. Uh, and we sold the business in December before. My business partner called me a genius. He actually is a Mensa bonafide genius. So I just took that as a field promotion. Uh, went on and we then found out, wow, good thing we got out of this because the valuations and the, there was, there was some of them that didn't even have revenue, much less profitability. Some I, of them were just tired on it the was mad. Yeah, I could have retired on the uh, valuation my company Interactive Sports had back then. But uh, uh, valuations are a little bit uh, valuations are a little bit like horseshoes. You know, um, they don't. <laughs> you know, unless you have a ringer, it doesn't really count. So, true. Um, so okay, so you sell your company. It's still pretty early in the mix here in the in 1999. So you're entering the 21st century. What are you thinking? What's going through your mind at that point? Well, uh, we were along for the ride through the dot bomb because it was good to be employed. Uh, and then around 2004, we were the company that by that time in Boston that was buying up what would be called today cloud services companies. Oh, and wow. we bought a whole bunch of anybody who's been in the telecom business. I just start dropping names like Interliant and Rocksite and, oh, those guys, they were really on they were all really interesting plays, but it was all falling apart because of the dot bomb. Period. 20 years ago. Right. And uh, we rolled them up into a, about a $125 million company and we're ready to buy another $50 million company. And my nose is now pretty good at twitching. I said, I think the market's changed a lot. We had seen some companies in the Boston area. You might've heard of some of them like Facebook that we said that doesn't look normal that doesn't look it looks like a whole new play and that's mm -hmm. what happened in that period i actually think right now we're in this very similar similar position now if you haven't uh, it seen feels the movie, like 2007 2008 if you haven't seen the movie of course the movie is social media david fincher's movie facebook started at harvard um where there was the, such a thing called the harvard facebook where every Harvard fresh every Harvard freshman was in the Facebook, the Harvard in the Facebook. actual book. It's, it was I, an actual I, book, yeah. I was never in it though. I went there because um, for some reason I didn't want to put my picture in that book, so I was never in the fa what we call the Facebook. Um, but anyhow, so so you saw. In other words, you saw social media was about to rear its head. How come? I mean, I think this is important. How did how did you know that was going to be significant? How did you know that was a that was a game changer? In two thousand, well, just put it as social media. We saw social media. We saw more serious e-commerce plays. We saw uh, a bunch of technical capabilities that made um, sort of thought experiments possible. And there were lots and lots of thought experiments from the late nineties that could then actually happen and take place. And then 2000, so 2004, I was fired and on a Friday and uh, on a Saturday, I launched an interactive marketing business around these startups. And we went, uh, everybody but one of my marketing, de of the marketing department that was laid off, brought them in to say, let's go work with some of these new startups. And we worked with higher technology, embedded systems, subsea cabling company, uh, because we knew that the deep down stuff is really hard for for most. Uh, we were in the marketing side for 
for storytellers in the marketing side to be able to grasp what is that and why why this company or why that service offering, et cetera. So we we would uh, we did that kind of work as the next let me, round. Let me, let me so we didn't get into social media. Let me mention one thing. My very first job in new media, I had a really smart boss at Link Resources in New York called Mark Placius. And um, I'm always grateful that he hired me. It was my first job in new media. It was 1980. It was 1980. So a long time ago. And he said, um, um, I remember him explaining to me the difference between a closed user group and narrow casting, because I I didn't realize they were different. So narrow casting is cable television and streaming as we now know it, with uh, specific channels aimed at specific interests, right? But a closed user group was a group of um, users that in a group that required permission, um, and it was not uh, open to anyone but those within the group. And I and I looked at that and I said, closed user groups. I mean, there are a couple of them around, but I said. Sounds kind of like human beings being together. I don't know. No, well, right? yes, yeah. no, but I, I was like, no, nobody's like, nobody's ever going to do that. Like, what? Well, that's Facebook, man. That's closed. That's a closed user group. So that idea was there in 1980, but yeah. uh, took, uh, you know, it took the. I, he is a genius. It took the genius of Mark Zuckerberg to figure that out. Um, and, and other people who he stole the idea from, apparently. Um, the, maybe, uh, maybe. The twins, we'll say maybe, right? He stole it from the, the twins. But um, so anyhow, so you're you're an interactive marketer. And what happened to that company? Did you end up selling that 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 subsequent company as well? Uh, no, it was a lifestyle business uh, or a small business. Uh, we didn't take in any growth. We weren't about the growth part of it. We were about the, uh, applying our trade and doing our services and working with a terrific group of people is, uh, uh, that I had with that with that company. I love them, and we're in, many of us are still in touch. Uh, but we, as it went along, we started to see social media happening. I remember being at South by Southwest when Twitter was launched and then Foursquare a couple of years after that, mm -hmm. things like that uh, said, okay, the consumer side of this is really just blowing up again, um, which again, gave me some worries as having gone through the dot bomb, but also you could see there was capability. There wasn't just talk and no, uh, no capability. Uh, this was so I'd say the first part, this whole part is after the typesetting side was me inflicting story on tech. And it was as I was seeing that, OK, I'm we're going to wind down the company, uh, walk off into different directions, our whole crew for various reasons, personal reasons, mostly. Um, I started to think about coming back to media and saying, how about inflicting technology on media uh, as my next uh, as my next act. So that's what I've been doing is working with media companies and saying, you need to be like a tech company. You need to mm. not just adopt or be an early adopter. Uh, you need to be shaping it. And uh, and that's what I think we're seeing. Most of those big companies that are called tech companies, I see them as their media companies. They're making money like media companies make. What's content the, what's distribution, the, what, et cetera. What's the distinction? How do you make the distinction? I mean, well, most of their there was a yeah, distinction. I mean, I'll just look real simply is if their revenue is advertising, isn't that evidence enough? You know, these big companies, most of their revenue is from 
advertising, getting people to watch things that they have either created or they, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying advertising is tech. So you wouldn't like distinguish advertising from ad tech, for example, or programmatic advertising. No, I think they have to start acting like tech and tech doesn't just mean software and hardware. I, I love this. I think it was, um, it was an Intel founder and I'm blanking on that, which one who said uh, high technology is ever increasing power and capability and ever decreasing cost. And uh, if you see be, those kinds of things would happening, that be, would that be Gordon Moore, Moore's law? I don't think it was Moore. I think it or was Andy Grove, perhaps. Maybe it was Grove. Yeah. It's, it yeah. sounds like an Andy Grove line, which is just stepping back and saying, I know this doesn't feel like lights flashing and software stuff, but there's a behavior here that says that's a high tech. Some some elements are becoming high tech. And if you look at how much digital was flying into media companies, I, that's where I was saying this isn't the same. Like if you give me a copy in 1980 of something and I give a copy of that to somebody else, it degradates. Digital, no degradation. It's as good as the original. It's a great. Once you have that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So once you have so that, you it, you have you have a ever increasing power and capability, ever decreasing price. I want to get to your new house experience pretty quick, but I, I I have not heard this. I haven't. I don't really understand this distinction entirely. But but um, so what you're what um. You're saying advertise if if a if a media company is relying on advertising, it's essentially a tech company, and your your role was no. I was I was saying that tech companies we call them tech companies, and most of them rely on advertising as their as their revenue. Facebook and Google, in particular, they are they are doing tech yeah as their as their product, but the reality is most of their business is a media business. Is the way I look at it. Yeah, I know that's really interesting. Um, I guess, uh, like in Google's case, advertising was actually an afterthought, and lots of people right. in the company fought fought it like hell and thought it would kill the company if they did advertising. And of course, now that nice little Dutch auction uh, with with Google AdSense is like ninety five percent of their revenues, billion, you know, hundreds pretty and hundreds. Pretty big number. Yeah, pretty big number. So. Um, so you, it sounds like you became kind of consultative. And how did that get you to the Newhouse School? Well, I was looking at the business winding down. Our number one client was an offshore wind farm, uh, wind farm wiring company. Uh, it was all in Europe. And I knew they were going to be acquired. And they had told us, uh, which is why they didn't have a hired P, PR and advertising marketing firm. They had us. And so in anticipation of that, I said, what do I want to do next? So I went back to my alma mater and I pitched the dean, Lorraine Branham. She's gone now. But the uh, and I said, I think we're looking at a whole bunch of things changing in media. I, I will give her a, I gave her a, a little bit of grace and now I'm going to take some back. She said, oh, yeah, I see it in newspapers, but it'll never happen in TV. And I said, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to happen in TV. Uh, I think it's going to be even more dramatic in TV. And now we're right. looking you were, at you were right. You were wow, right. Wow, it's uh, this is this is the nose. The nose so for news. I got, well, I got really good. You're at a, you're at Syracuse's uh, journalist. You know, a lot of journalists come out of Syracuse. Yeah, so. journalists, 
filmmakers, music industry people. Uh, you were in the right place. At the you were in the right yeah. place. What what time? What was the year of that discussion? Was twenty. I started talking to her about in twenty, probably twenty ten, and then by twenty eleven, mid twenty eleven, she said, "Okay, I'll let you do this, but you got to wait for an office." I said, "No," and so I sat in the middle of the school with a sign pointing at my head saying, "Tell me about your business." Just That's like uh, an entrepreneur should, you know. Yeah, and and so this was the beginnings of the Entrepreneurship Center at the Newhouse School, uh, um, the Digital Media Entrepreneurship Center. Um, so, so Sean, um, in 2010, 2011 is still, in in many ways though, you had been in it a long a long time by that point. It's still very early days. Um, and and essentially, your um, the clientele, meaning the students, are aspiring. Correct me if I'm wrong, but mainly aspiring to be journalists, right? Or or commun or no, public relations or you know communications oriented type people. Yeah, and as it breaks out, we have about two thousand students, all media crazed. Smallest segment of that is journalists. Oh, uh, largest are in the television, radio and film, which is kind of think of it as the entertainment department. Yeah. And uh, next largest, I think, is public relations and advertising. So okay. um, so, so I was I was wrong. Um, I, I always associate it with journalism because of people like Mike Tirico. And I think Bob, yeah, we have, Bob Costas went there and many, yeah. many famous sports Steve people. Croft. Yeah. yeah. Steve Croft, who is my neighbor out here in East Hampton. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so Give him uh, a new house. Hello. I, I will. I didn't know he was Newhouse, so I will. Um, listen, um, but but so you're sitting there and um, you're at a point where Facebook and social media has arrived, hasn't, you know, is really starting to take over the world. Google's been in place for a long time. Um, so what kind of um, then and now, what kind of digital entrepreneurs are you seeing? Like, what are people interested? What are they? And, and let's do then first, because I think now is going to be a little different. But what, what was happening then? So I had this one captures it perfectly. I had one uh, student who had a startup that she wanted to name The Next Zuck. Uh, there was yeah, this uh, The Next Zuck. And Zuck. She oh, didn't. The next, <laughs> yes, the next Zuck. Yeah, sorry. Okay. The next Zuck. And she was she didn't want to go with that name because she thought she'd get sued. And I said, this would be the greatest day ever if you get sued by yeah. Zuckerberg. You would because, Yeah, because he's actually helping you. And Woody, probably not, because what would you get gained from it? Um, so so that was the vibe was, oh, man, this is the time. So much going on. Big digital. That's why the digital is in the name is big and digital and high scale and let's go after it and all things are open. And I, I, we had a lot of students that, that did things in that space. Uh, I encourage them to start it while they're in school, not wait. I was actually teaching at exactly that moment. Um, I had helped to, to found the um, Isaacson School for New Media at Colorado Mountain College. And I remember very clearly that um, people were really freaked out who are, who are uh, particularly adults taking courses because they were like, it's changing so fast. I can't keep up with it. And, you know, I had a, I had a contrarian view of that. I was like, actually it's not social media is a, is a, is a, is a generational change and, and they, they don't come along every year. They come along about every 15 years was kind of my theory right. about it, but it's like, there is not going to be another social media next year. 
you know, it's this is the one, right? But people were, but the the rate of change at that point was very daunting um, for particularly for people just getting into it. But what did what kind of entrepreneurs were you minting at that point? Uh, some early ones that have gone on to do some things. Uh, I've had two two teams out of a really small set, uh, you know, a sample set uh, that have gotten into Y Combinator. I've had uh-huh. quite a few that have gotten tech stars, others that have gotten venture backed. So I have some of those. The ones I like point to are the ones that went off and did something. And then, you know, they 18 months after graduating, they're on the phone with me crying that they have to put it down and take a job. I love that I have this one slide I call the failure slide. Here's our failures. They're at Roku and the head of innovation at Netflix and the uh, cuz it made them different and they learned a different skill and mm-hmm. got muscles in areas that they needed that they weren't normally getting in their other classes frankly. Um and uh their Google, et cetera, et cetera. Uh so Yeah, that's great. What I found uh, ones that went off, I have none that I can say, oh, home run hit. A lot of singles, doubles, to use the baseball metaphor. Uh, mm-hmm. And most of them personal success rather than particularly business success. A couple of exa- uh, exceptions to that. Uh, well, Lalo wanna, is one. You want to produce good people. You want to produce yeah. people who can be happy, that kind of thing. But let me let me fast forward. We've only got a couple minutes left. Let me Fast forward to today, and in particular, the impact of uh, OpenAI, which is in the news uh, of of late because uh, because they fired the CEO for some weird reason, uh, Sam Altman. But but what is the Newhouse School, your program in particular? How has it been impacted by OpenAI and ChatGPT? Well, I'll talk about my classes, and then I'll just talk in general about other faculty in the school. Uh, I'll begin with the other faculty. A lot of care and concern, and we need to stop this. This is keeping our students from learning how to write and a whole bunch of other things. And all I kept saying was, this is going to be in their future. So this isn't about what we decide for them as students. We should be thinking about what are they going to be doing in their careers. so taking my own medicine, I have rules on how they use, and I encourage them to use uh, all these generative AI tools in their work in my classes. But I want them to, uh, I want them to cite it and say, here's what I, here was my prompt, here's the response, here was the second prompt. And at uh, last class, just last Wednesday, I asked, how many have used it? And they sheepishly put their hands up because they think, oh no, we're gonna have my grade affected. I said, put them every, up proudly. Every one of them? Almost all. Uh, and I asked how many of them have reused, like done a recast of their original question more than four times, more than five times, more than six times, hmm. up closing in on 10 times. I said, if that was a person, you would never ask them to write that many times. I know you're an author and you probably can disagree with this. but I can, but that, but I but I see your point. Yeah. In 15 to 20 minutes, you can have multiple versions of things from which you can then sit back as an editor and curator and pick what things actually is right, what things are how you would say it. And then I have their final paper is they deliver it, the concise piece, and they have to highlight what was it that really just came from their noggins. Well, I got to uh, tell you, Sean, um, 
I put an ad on LinkedIn recently for a creative AI technologist. I thought I'd get a couple dozen, and I got 225. At um, you want some? I got some in my class. Yeah, yeah I do. I do actually. Yeah, I got but, a couple know, that are crazy good. Um, it's for something I've written called the Book of Kells. Uh, pardon me, the Book of Kells, which is a multimedia. Right, we Irish. It was a multimedia. It is a multimedia um, story. Um, that encompasses seven generations in seven novels. And I'm now looking at how do I train a model on the Book of Ocals? So it's a whole new world. It's incredibly exciting. Um, and it's, it's unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, it's just the world now. You just have to embrace it, don't you? Yep. I, I think not only it's uh, you embrace it, I think shape it. Jump in to shape it. It's not, it's a, it's a little baby. Like, let's tr train it. Let's also, teach it. A, let's know, learn, learn from it. What an opportunity. I mean, it's it's like they're, they're the first generation. They're going to grow up with it. They're going to know it in the same way that you and I grew up with online and sort yeah. of know online in a way that people who didn't grow up with it are not never going to quite understand, but is, is super helpful. I want to remind sure. everyone you're listening to The Accelerator uh, with Michael Conniff. That's me. Our guest today is um, Sean Brannigan. He's the Director of Digital Media and Entrepreneurship at the Newhouse School at Syracuse University. Remember, we're a podcast available on all the major platforms, including Apple, Audible, oh gosh, Amazon, and about 10 others, plus Spotify and YouTube for video. Also, subscribe to conniff.substack, C-O-N-N-I-F-F.substack.com. Um, to the newsletter that produces and, and, and uh, distributes uh, the podcast as, as well as some additional wisdom. Um, Sean, thank you so much. Um, thank you, Michael. With us today. You've been an absolutely great guest, one of the best. So I really appreciate well, thank I you. you would, I knew you would be. I knew you would be. So thank <laughs> you so much for uh, thanks so much for being a part of this. Good deal. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Um, this is The Accelerator. And uh, remember, we'll be back with another podcast before you know it.